Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. For the past 25 years, J. Eric Robinson has been hosting tours of underground railroad sites in the Metro East. These secret trails and safe houses were critical to slaves who'd fled the South for freedom and sought passage to Canada or other places where they need not fear being captured as quote-unquote fugitives. Robinson kicks off this year's tour season on February 29th. That's the Saturday after this one. And he's joining me in studio today to talk about it. Uh, J. Eric Robinson is an assistant professor of history at the St. Louis University College of Pharmacy, and he's also the proprietor of J.E. Robinson Tours. So, Eric, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm afraid I first of all have to correct you. I'm not. A, it's St. Louis College of Pharmacy, not St. Louis University College of Pharmacy. You're, you, 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 you got tongue-tied on me. I did. I okay, warned you this well, would happen I, today. It sounds like I have to take control of this program. Well, all right. Is Let's, that all right with That you? is fine okay. by me. Uh, what did you say your name was? Sarah Fenske. Uh, who named you Sarah? Well, I guess this was my mother and father. Did they give you another name? They did not. I don't like Sarah. Do you don't have any other name? I don't have any other name. I don't like Sarah. I don't like Sarah. I'm going to have to give you a name. <laughs> uh, Mabel. Mabel? All right. Your name is Mabel. I'm Mabel. Your name's Mabel. And... Uh, I understand you have a man. That's Is right. That I don't have a need for a man. Uh, my cousin Sylvia's in-laws in Atlanta, they have a need for a man. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take this man. Uh, you don't need him. You'll find another one. And I'm going to sell him to Sylvia's in-laws down in Atlanta. Hmm. I think I get where you're going with oh. this. Now, what else you got? In terms of questions? No, no, no. What else you got? You got a man. In what my else life you got? as Mabel? Yeah. Let's say I have three kids. Um, are they old enough? How old are they? Uh, let's say they're 14, 10, and 4. Can't do nothing with that 4-year-old. 10's about the right age. 14's pretty good. I can get a good price for it. You're going to sell my children. Yeah, you, you can have others. So is this how you begin your tours? This is how I conclude it for people. Oh, okay. Because and I bet that hits it home to people. It, it usually does. It usually does. Realizing it the power that, that masters had yeah, over. Yeah, well, what, what people forget, a couple things that are very basic. One, yeah, we're talking about family units, but these are human beings, first of all. And I, don't, I, I just met you. I'll make an assumption. Um, if we were really talking about your children, I honestly would not make the next breath. Is that fairly accurate? I would be very upset. You'd be very, you'd be very upset, and I'd be very dead. Is that fairly accurate? <laughs> that is fairly accurate. Okay. It doesn't matter the nature of the parent. All parents think that way. Mm -hmm. All parents are like that. What a lot of people forget about American slavery was that the basic rights that you had as parents such as protecting your child, did not exist. It belonged to the master. And the fact was in Missouri, the mass, uh, Missouri slavery was different from slavery, say, where my family was from, my grandfather's family was from in, in South Carolina. In South Carolina, the number of, of uh, whites in comparison to the number of slaves was relatively small. So the, the nature of the slavery was such that they had to be particularly violent. 
In Missouri, it was more emotional violence because you were a family unit owned by a family unit. Think about, mm. think about George Washington Carver. Mm-hmm. Or another family that I was thinking about, uh, the family of Augustus Tolton, the first American of, African, of West African descent to be a Catholic priest. Uh, his father was sold uh, to uh, an owner in St. Louis from Hannibal to work in, uh, in a hospital during the Civil War. And Augustus Tolton's mother, uh, Martha Jane, took that opportunity to uh, gather up her four children and try to escape across to Quincy. Hmm. She did it. She had to do it twice. Part of the reason why parents did that was because you really could not enjoy the basic rights of a parent, such as watching your child grow up uh, unbothered mm-hmm. because you were a slave in the state said your owner had absolute right. So something as basic as changing your name from Sarah to Mabel to Esther mm-hmm. to Hester, uh, that always happened. That, that, that happened. that happened with regularity. And the thing about the name, the name variations was that it often played a part in facilitating the escape of slaves. How because, so? Well, well, you know, you were you were um, Mabel here. Mm-hmm. You know, here in St. Louis, when I owned you, you were Mabel. You could gro- cross the Mississippi River, get on a uh, the Altona packet, which uh, was at the uh, banks of the Mississippi at St. Louis, right up to Alton, and somebody thinks they saw you as Mabel, and you say, "No, no, my name is Hester," because mm. that was a former name of yours. And this was a chance where you could just take on this new or old identity. You could take on this new identity. Yes, the character that I followed, incidentally, in my book, Gertrude Barnaby at Quest, seemed to have done that. She seemed to have taken additional names as she escaped from slavery in St. Louis in 1853 to Canada, uh, assuming different names to facilitate the escape. And those are things that I try to bring out during my tour. And you went deep in her life in your book. In this tour, are you able to take people to sites where she was able to hide along the way? Not really. We weren't able to go to Brighton, but we are able to explain the type of community so it facilitate her escape. The big community that we, we, uh, we cite is Rocky Fork, which is uh, a rural community in Godfrey, Illinois. And it is a community where uh, about about three, four hundred free blacks lived, and the community accepted people coming in. And you were safe to be in that community because, uh, among other things, your white neighbors defended you against slave catchers. Because, mind you, the only thing separating you from being Maple and Sarah was a word of a neighbor. And so some communities in Illinois were safer than others. They were. They were. So why is it that some formerly enslaved people um, felt that they needed to go on to Canada rather than, say, just finding this community that you mentioned? Well, uh, one thing to remember is that when when a slave escaped, the notices of runaway slaves were, generally speaking, published in places where it was believed they had gone. Mm. And so there was all, and, and they were published without, with, with a raw description, but without any photography. So you can get somebody that is uh, described as being portly with a mustache, gray hair, brown eyes, and it can be me, it can be Judge Bailey, it can be anybody you can name. It can be anybody. 
And so that was a constant fear. That was a constant, constant so fear. So not much security in Illinois. Somebody not, might try no. to take you back. No, not much security at all. And in, in, in fact, it was very frightening in Illinois. So you've been doing these tours now for 25 years. Mm-hmm. What first got you into this line of work? My mother, as always, she, uh, at the urging of a friend, hoodwinked me. It was partially part of my radio program that I had on the Alton Station. But my mother hoodwinked me into doing this because I think she, my mother told Grace, uh, whatever you do, do not put him in a position to say, let me think about it. Because Eric saying, let me think about it, means he says no. And they, she asked me to do this in the middle of a big meeting. And I had no choice but to say yes. And I looked at Grace and I said, oh, my goodness. My first tour, I had my mother, my grandmother, my Sunday school teachers. Half the town was seemed to have been there. It was like, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do? And if I mess up, they're going to stand up here and say, now you sit down. We're going to tell you about the Underground Railroad. And so apparently I did well enough that uh, they kept coming back. In fact, there was a couple, uh, there was a, couple a middle-aged couple from St. Louis that back in the 1990s, they came to three consecutive tours. Wow. Three, three years in a row. You've got them the coming back. Seat. Yeah, they kept coming back, and we still had people coming back. And this is a two-hour tour with it's, a shuttle. It's a two-hour tour with a shuttle. Uh, if one's interested, we're looking more in the fall, because it's, it's, fall is when it will probably be available. And yeah. you have sold out so many of these sessions. I'm wondering, are you seeing heightened uh, interest in this era? Or Yes, we're seeing heightened interest in... Uh, part of it, I think, is because the movie Harriet, I think, honestly, that's part of it. Hopefully, my book was another reason, uh, eventually, that it will uh, interest people. Okay. So you've been doing these tours now for 25 years. And for those of you listening today, if, if you were here for the beginning of this broadcast, you got a great glimpse of just how engaging Eric is. He's going to put you there um, in the shoes of people who they were at the mercy of their slave owner. So it sounds like a great tour. Um, Eric Robinson of J.E. Robinson Tours, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you.